Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy. Welcome to Healthcare is Human. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Listeners, today I uh, we are speaking at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley in Winchester, Virginia. And for the last year, um, our companion exhibit, Wild, Wonderful, and Brave, Fighting the Pandemic in the Eastern Panhandle has had a pretty amazing run here at the museum. And as a part of that, um, we've had a really neat event. And so I'm going to have my guest introduce herself. I'm Renee Nicholson. I am a poet and uh, essayist and memoirist. And I am also, uh, for my day job, the director of the West Virginia University Humanities Center. And I spend a lot of my time in a practice called narrative medicine, uh, which uh, uses uh, writing and uh, close attention to texts of all kinds to help fortify healthcare workers, patients, caregivers, and others uh, in the uh, healthcare journey. And uh, when you were leading today's poetry uh, workshop, I was I was sitting in the back, and we had photographs from. The Healthcare is Human project, the Wild and Wonderful Brave exhibit, and you selected some of those to use to guide folks, participants through the workshop. And can you explain a little bit about that process um, and how creatively you pick and what you want to want to achieve with that? Sure. So when you ask somebody to write a poem. Most of the time, their mind just goes blank and they have nothing to say. So I look for things that can kind of prompt and bring to the surface different emotions. So when I was looking at the photos that were part of Wild, Wonderful, and Brave, I was looking for things that people could relate to, but also that they could spend a lot of time really looking at and seeing nuances that maybe they wouldn't notice otherwise. And I look for photos that can help us have a conversation. That conversation is about the photo in front of us, but it's probably going way deeper. Um, When people start to say things like, I felt, enter adjective here, looking at this photo, I know we're starting to get to the good stuff. And what I'm trying to do is really unpack what we're looking at, slower attention down. Right? really take a moment to really just deeply pay attention. And then I have a prompt. Um, it's very obliquely tied to the photo. And so that we can do what's called writing in the shadow of a text, where whatever we just talked about is working on us. But what it's really done is brought some things to the surface that then we can write about. And I think what you're describing of of close attention and slowing down, um, that really resonates with me. You had selected a photograph, uh, one of my favorites of Molly Humphreys from the entire project. It's Lillian Amanaka, a hospice nurse. And I've seen this photo and stared at it for hours on end. Um, but even with that, um, the the poetry workshop participants, they noticed things I had never seen. And it was because we were marinating in that moment. And, you know, you describe one person doing it, but then here we had the, the advantage of multiple people sharing their insights. And there were some, some things that I'm going to walk away with some brand new insights from that. 
you know, sometimes the collective mind is smarter than any one individual. And when you get 15 people in a room that are interested in writing a poem, that's probably going to happen, especially if you take time. And I like the words you use, marinate, right? Because what a marinade does is bring out the flavor and whatever it's marinating, right? And so it takes this kind of complex process over time, right, to create the sort of infusion of different flavors. And that's exactly what happened when we sat and looked at the photo. Um, she was such a stunning person to spend that time with. I, mean, I don't know her personally, but I also have looked at this photo quite a bit. And I think that there's just a richness there. And that's what poured out of people when they really stopped and they started talking. And then when somebody's brave enough to say, well, I saw this. Oh, well, I saw that too. And I also saw this. Yeah, I think that's very true. And um, at the beginning of this episode, I had introduced you as a guest, but that's really not true. We should we should tell listeners um, that, you know, um, Healthcare is Human, the Humanity Center at West Virginia University, um, we have really become partners in a much larger journey. And you mentioned narrative medicine. Can you really describe that a little more um, and help uh, our listeners understand what you envision uh, for narrative medicine? Sure. So narrative medicine is part of uh, kind of a bigger discipline called health humanities. And it's basically bringing the things we do in the arts and humanities to a healthcare setting. Um, when we walk into a medical facility, we take on a role. We're a patient, we're a doctor, we're a nurse, we're a physical therapist, we're whomever we are in that setting, right? And what I think the health humanities can do is start to unpack those life experiences. So all of a sudden now our world is made of interconnecting stories. Um, and that these stories actually tell us more about the care of the sick than any one thing alone or just falling back into these roles. You know, doctors are people outside their practice. Patients are people outside the exam room. And when we come in there, we often shed those things. But those are the things that can actually be more healing and help all of us have a stronger sense of well-being. In my sense of all these things, that's what we're really trying to do here. And particularly in a place like West Virginia, where we have lots of um, health issues, we have... Um, also a rich storytelling culture. We have a rich folk art culture. And um, we don't always think about those things together. But if we did, how would things be better for all people concerned? Yeah, so very true. And um, um, at the beginning of the Healthcare is Human Project, I don't think that... Um, um, our audio producer Kim, or our photographer Molly, or myself—we we didn't have any, I think, dreams of be above and beyond a, a simple initiative, and it had, didn't have any clear agenda. Um, but but three years later, these artistic things that you're describing, poetry today being one of them, um, you and I have spoken many times in the last year about how um, you know I've come to personally experience that health communication with me as a doctor, as an authority that that model is, has been blown apart by the pandemic. 
I personally experienced that. Um, it was not a way to talk to people, distrust, trying to get information, try to share. And these humanities and arts, things that we're touching on, um, you obviously have been a humanities professional for a long time, and I kind of backed into some of this. Um, but I backed into it with the awareness of this is how we talk to people. This is how we connect to people. And from your point of view, what, what do you see the opportunities? Because I sit here as a healthcare insider, as a doctor, and I know that these are now the ways that I'm going to have to get beyond distrust and heal some of these pandemic things. So how do you see that moving forward? Yeah, that's really uh, an interesting question. And I don't know that I'm going to do it justice, but I will say when you have an artist, like when we work with Molly and we see her photographs, right, that's a way of seeing, right? And it's, it's within a frame. So we have a context, right? And she's inviting us literally into her lens on the world. Um, and as someone who's kind of gotten to trail behind and see how it happens, what the first thing that she does is she takes the pressure down from getting your photo taken, right? That there's a dialogue there. And so I think when I show these photos to people, what they're really witnessing is a dialogue through a picture. And that there's each one of those is its own little story. And people get stories. They don't always get information, but they almost always get stories. Like when we're kids, you know, don't talk to strangers. Oh, well, okay, let me tell you about Little Red Riding Hood and a Big Bad Wolf, right? On some level, these things are still working. We just forget that they are, right? And the arts kind of force us to step back and be curious. Like you can't look at one of Molly's photos and not be curious. Curious about the subject, curious about the place, curious about the person who took the photo, curious about how or why it happens. And when I first encountered the Healthcare is Human project, those were all the questions I had. And then I quickly followed with, why isn't this everywhere? Yeah, I remember that that first conversation and you started asking me questions and I was just trying to explain my my motivation. It was so simple at the beginning just to record my neighborhood experience in Martinsburg, West Virginia and what it was like and how that story was not, you know, being told in other locations and then you helped me understand that the specificity of the West Virginia story it, it's unique. We, you know, it's not anywhere else although there are some themes obviously that you know could be experienced elsewhere but by the specificity of the details of who we are and how we responded um that out of that specific storytelling and you know you made an allusion to Appalachian storytelling um three years later in healthcare is human um it is all about story um and as a poet how do you how do you how do you see poetry as a storytelling mechanism? So there was a time um, many, many, many years ago when poetry is how we got the news, right? The bards travel from little village to little village and they're reciting what's happened in the world through the metrics and, and rhythm and rhyme of poetry, right? Easier to remember that way. So at its core, 
a poem is still really trying to communicate something. Our forms are different. We're more sophisticated about some of these things. But what we're really trying to do is communicate something deep and vital. Um, and I think that that still happens in the best poems, right? We're still really communicating something. I also think if you listen to West Virginians talk, uh, the cadences, and even though there are many, many different accents throughout the state, there's a certain cadence to the way many West Virginians speak. And I think a poem can capture that. Like sometimes I'll be reading a poem by a West Virginia writer, and it will just strike me as being so West Virginian. And I can't even really put my finger on why until I read it out loud, right? And I can just feel the cadence of the language. And I think that's part of the story as well. Yeah, I think uh, being a native West Virginian, I think um, it's been one of the most satisfying parts of the of the healthcare's human experience is, um, you know, we, and you and I talk about this, we are, we are often forgotten. We are, we are neglected. We are Appalachian. We are rural. We are small town. We are not glamorous. We are not coastal. We are not elite. We are backwoods. We are, I could just keep going. Um, and most of those things I mentioned, I consider advantages and wonderful traits in the mountain state. And so from your perch atop the Humanities Center, what are, you, what are your great visions or hopes or dreams for the Healthcare's Human Project? I honestly hope that anybody who wants to tap into this project, that sees a need for it in their community, that they can. Um, I want to inspire doctors and nurses and OTs and PTs and CNAs and pharmacists and everybody else who works in healthcare and, and you know, cafeteria workers, janitors, the, you know, the folks that help you with the insurance forms. I want them to stay in their jobs. I want them to find purpose and meaning in their jobs because I'm not just somebody who's interested in healthcare. I'm, you know, I go in as a patient. Um, we all interact with this world in some way, shape, or form. And if we can't figure out ways to keep the best people in it, we're going to have more problems than not. But I also think that it creates an artifact, right? It creates um, a new way of looking at our communities. Like a little bit of everyone comes through the doors of a Berkeley County Medical Center or a Ruby Hospital or a Wheeling Hospital, right? Or pick any, any of, of the ones across the state. And so you get a chance in that role to really get the, like, uh, distillation of your community, right? And as we become less and less community-oriented, a place like Appalachia, a place like West Virginia, still holds on to that in a way that you might not see every place else. I also think that, you know, we can look at Appalachia as uh, the historian uh, Ron Eller has written as a mirror to the rest of America, that what happens here is this, if we're mirroring back to people, now whether they want to look in that mirror or not, and what they see when they do look in that, that mirror, uh, we can widely debate, right? Um, and I hope that if we are a mirror, it's not just the problems that we are facing, but it's also some of the 
beauty, the natural beauty, the connection to the natural world, the arts, um, the homegrown arts, uh, definitely the storytelling. We have such a rich history of writers in this state. I mean, there's just so much music. I mean, listen to bluegrass music, old-time bands. You're going to feel the tempo of West Virginia. As you were speaking, you, you used the word artifact. And for some reason, it kind of struck me. And I don't know why I hadn't thought about this before. You know, when we unpack it, it's two words. It's art. But the word fact is also in there. And I've spent so much of the last three years thinking about just trying to tell people facts you know, these are the facts, this is the information, this is what COVID is, this is what we should do, this is the, you know, science, facts, rational authority, right? And as we were just talking, I think that that is no longer effective. But artifact, when we add the artful, the poetry, the photography, the stories, the podcasts, where what part of the art disarms people? Why do you see that as the magic key? Because people have proven that they can they can totally keep me at arm's length if I'm trying to tell them something factual. But the art, however, what do you see is the way that that just kind of, and we could, we could think of a lot of words, disarms, seduces, cajoles, emotes, whatever. How do you see the art of these things touching people? Well, art is provocative uh, often, right? And so it's meant to bring out something in you. It's meant to express something. Um, art also is the realm of beauty, you know, not all art is meant to, you know, transmute beauty. And often it's a hard-won beauty, but there is beauty there. So, you know, I'm wondering, like, if you walk in to see your doctor and your doctor's like, here's your diagnosis, right? That's kind of the end of the story in a lot of ways, right? But if you walk in and you, you know something about your patient and you start to ask, well, what's the life that you're living now? And what's the life that you want to live? All of a sudden, you've just asked them to create a little story arc, right? And maybe that's in words, and maybe that's, let me show you on my phone. Here I am with my grandkids. I want more of this, right? (laughs) I mean, that's how, I mean, it sounds simple, but in that, you start to get to more of the artfulness. You know, art is uh, a communication tool. Art is a way of expressing things that maybe don't always come out in perfectly polished words, especially when we're using words more as a, just a communicative skill, not using them the way a poet does in, to try to mine them for their artistic uh, value. Um, and I think that, um, you know, when, when you start to, to use the arts in these sorts of ways, you can give people facts in a different way. If you want more of this time, right, that you just showed me on the picture on your iPhone, right, (laughs) you want more of that, this is how I'm going to help you do it. That's a different ending to a story, right? (laughs) And certainly the pandemic, you know, I think people wanted so badly for this horrible thing to go away. That they, you know, our mind can do some pretty baroque turns if we <laughs> let it go, right? Um, and maybe these are the the great lesson we can take is these are the tools we now have, right? And that's another reason why when I when I learned about healthcare's human, it just hit me. So like this is it. This is what we need to be doing. 
Well, I think you very eloquently, you know, summed up what I think is the, you know, the silver lining of the pandemic was out of all of that pain, I feel like I've gained these these new tools and new understanding. Um, so it uh, it is a real joy to have attended your poetry workshop today as a part of this exhibit. And um, I look forward to uh, amazing things in the future for Healthcare as Human. Me too. You've been listening to Healthcare as Human, a signature program of the Humanities Center at West Virginia University and inspired by the hardworking medical staff at the Berkeley Medical Center in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Healthcare as Human is created and hosted by Dr. Ryan McCarthy, audio engineered by Kim Mattioli, and features incredible photography by Molly Humphreys. View her world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Financial support for Healthcare as Human is provided by the West Virginia Humanities Council, WVU Foundation, WVU Medicine, WVU Health Science Center Eastern Campus, and generous donors in West Virginia. The Healthcare is Human podcast also features poetry by Renee Nicholson and music by Isaac McCarthy. Special thanks to Jared Sims and Robert Sears at WVU College of Creative Arts, David Smith at the WVU Reed College of Media, Sally Brown of Art in the Libraries at WVU, and Corey Garman of Experience Art and Exhibitions for their contributions to the Healthcare is Human project. You can find Healthcare is Human on Facebook and Instagram and on TED.com. Thanks for listening to Healthcare is Human. And remember, next time you go to a clinic, hospital, or medical facility, take a moment and remember that healthcare, healthcare is, is human. human.